Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Legger, join me tonight, that's right, I said tonight, for the Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout Preview Show, broadcasting live from the Skyline Chili at 4th and Sycamore. I'll be joined by Wes Miller, Sean Miller, and hopefully you. Tonight, starting at 6.05 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Here we go. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Chad Brendel filling in for Mo Egger. As as you just heard, Mo will be on after this show. Live from Skyline Chili downtown. The Crosstown Shootout. Extravaganza, the VIP extravaganza that I never get to go to because I have to fill in for Mo so that Mo can uh, go get VIP free Skyline. That's the kind of team player that I am. Right, Taryn Bland? Don't get to indulge in no free Skyline. No, we, we don't get free Skyline. We, I, got you, I got you Penn Station today. Much appreciated. You haven't had it yet. You're, you're just now... I can see you on the screen in front of me. You're just now tearing into it. Tearing into it. You see what I did there? <laughs> you know, Taryn, I was I was driving in today. And I was listening to talkbacks. And one of the things I always love on the days that I that I fill in for Mo is that I'm I'm driving to the station during talkbacks on on those days. And there's no more Chad Brendel hate on talkbacks. And I don't I don't like that. It means that I've I've maybe gone soft, Taryn. It means that I'm not it's in, 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 inciting uh, eliciting a response from my haters. And we can't have my haters all of a sudden liking me. So today we're going to go in the other direction. Sometimes when they zig, you got to zag. And since there is a uh, there's a Bengals show in this place tomorrow, this is the last chance in this time slot that we're going to get to talk Crosstown Shootout. So we're going to talk a lot of Crosstown Shootout today. And my message is very simple, Taryn. Cincinnati's the better team. Go win the game. There's no... Mo and, Mo and Tony are, are hedging their bets. They're nervous. They they know that there's been times that Cincinnati has had the better team and they've gone into the Cintas Center and they've lost. They know that uh you know I had on my on my podcast this week, Taryn, on one of my many podcasts, Steve Logan. You know Steve Logan's relevance in this conversation? The last time that Cincinnati won at the Cintas Center, Steve Logan 
was the best player on the floor. That was in 2001. We're not hemming and hawing. We're not hedging. We're not worried about what might happen. Go win the game if you're Cincinnati. You're the better team. You've got the better roster. Go win the game. If you're going to compete in the Big 12, if you're going to make an NCAA tournament, it starts on Saturday. By going in and beating the most average version of a Xavier roster that we've seen in a decade, maybe two. Maybe Chris Mack's first team. The door is wide open. Don't knock. The door's open. Don't knock. Go win the game. We'll analyze. We'll talk about the shootout as we go through this show. Uh, I'll tell you why I feel that Cincinnati is the better team and they're better positioned to win this game. I'll give you a preview. You know where it starts, Taryn? Did you watch Tuesday night? Against Delaware, yes. That wasn't a fluke, Taryn. That wasn't Delaware got hot and made a bunch of threes and hung around and stole one late at the Centos. Delaware was better than Xavier. That was a Delaware team on a three-game losing streak. They pushed Xavier around. They got whatever they wanted. And you go back to the Oakland game, Oakland shot 70% from two. 70% from two. That's terrible. And I'm tired of hearing, well, they played Purdue close and they played Houston close. Eh, you lost. And I get why. Six freshmen, three transfers. You got one guy that was part of your regular rotation last year that's on the floor. Those aren't excuses for Xavier. Those are reasons. If you were paying attention, you knew this was going to be a tough season for Xavier. Your only saving grace was hoping that Sean Miller could make something uh, make something work in a tough situation. That hasn't been the case so far. If you're Cincinnati, is it fair to be concerned about not having uh, been super battle-tested at this point? Sure. I think that's a fair critique. But they've played better. They've looked better. They've been more balanced. They've been better defensively. They've been better offensively. They've been more consistent. They've got more guys up and down the roster that can play. Go win the game. Just go win the damn game. I don't think it's too much to ask. <laughs> we'll get to uh, we'll get to some Reds. Jamier Candelario is now a Cincinnati Red. Three year, forty five million dollar deal. Where does he fit? It's a good question. He can play first. He can play third. He can DH. 
He is essentially filling in the spot occupied by Joey Votto a season ago. Which is good. I I know it's crowded. And and Mark Sheldon of uh, MLB.com has has reported that the Reds plan to move Spencer Steer to the outfield full-time to be one of their corner outfielders. I would guess left field. That's where he played primarily last year, but he has the ability to play left and right. So that that fixes that glut to an extent. You're still essentially, you have six guys for five infield spots. You know why this is good, Taryn? You know what I don't want to hear anymore? I don't want to hear about Stuart Fairchild. I don't want to hear about Kevin Newman. Those guys are rotational bench guys at best. And they got too many at-bats last year. It's a long season. Guys are going to go through slumps. Guys are going to get hurt. You need a veteran presence. They didn't find what, you know, one that they, they felt was a fit as a corner outfielder. And they still went and found one. His OPS was over 800 last year. He hits righties and lefties. How many times have we seen a lefty on the mound for the opposing team and gone up? Oh, Got to win three to two tonight. Got to win two to one tonight. They can't hit a lefty. 792 OPS against lefties last year. It's not world beating. But Candelario is significantly better than what they had. Imagine if Joey Votto hit 250 and slugged over or OPS over 800 last year. That might have made the two-game difference to put them in the playoffs. So now we've seen two relief pitchers added. If you've listened to me at all, you know that was my biggest gripe going into last year, and, and I have conceded that the bullpen had a better year than I expected. But when the chips were down, that bullpen wasn't good. Wasn't good enough, at least. You've bolstered your bullpen. You've added a veteran bat to your clubhouse that can help you at three different spots. He knows the division. Maybe more importantly, he's not going to play against the Reds. Gave the Reds all kinds of fits. He hit 359 with a 1160 OPS and three homers over 11 games against the Reds last year. Good riddance. Welcome, welcome. You know, if you can't beat them, join them, right? Go get the guy. So I like that move. The winter meetings are over. The Reds do not have a starting pitcher added yet. It will be interesting to see because they have now added uh, $87 million that they've spent on free agents, uh, three free agents so far this winter. Do they still have the 15, 20, 25? They were going to go to Sonny Gray. $25 million a year to add a starting pitcher. We'll see. I still think a top-of-the-rotation guy is necessary. I talked about this last week. 
how different is this this starting rotation? If Andrew Abbott is your number five, if Graham Ashcraft is your number five, and the other one's a number four, that's a starting rotation that can compete with just about anybody in the National League. If you go get a guy at the top. So that's our Reds topic for today. Bengals, Taren, quite simply, Taryn, they have five games left. Four of those games are against teams that are likely going to have to start a backup quarterback against Jake Browning. They are one game out of the wild card. Taryn, can this team make the playoffs? Who? The Bengals? the Bengals. Or the Reds? The Bengals. The Reds can make the playoffs. The Bengals are one game out of the playoffs. They play the three teams ahead of them. And the only starting quarterback that they should face from now till the end of the season is Pat Mahomes. Can they get to nine and seven, ten and five, ten and six, ten and ten and seven, nine and eight? Sorry. I, there's that 16 math again that we always talk about. My brain just defaults to 16. Uh, can they get to 10 and 7? Can they get to 9 and 8 and, and, and make the playoffs? If we good good play call from Zach Taylor like we did on Monday night, of course. There's people that want them to lose. Tank. Tank, they say. That's not why you play, Taryn. You know why you play? I believe you play to win the game. You play to win the game. That's why you play. We've also got some uh, some big news in college sports. As uh, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost has filed a uh, antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA, along with uh, attorney generals from Colorado, Illinois, New York, North Carolina, Tennessee, and West Virginia, essentially looking to uh, to wipe out the transfer restrictions. And uh, one of the quotes is, uh, the rule is riddled with so many exceptions that the NCAA cannot plausibly substantiate its prior justifications. We're challenging it in order to restore fairness. competition and the autonomy of college athletes in their educational pursuits. It continues. Um, we're challenging the rule to restore fairness, competition, the autonomy of college athletes. No, I just said that. Why did they put that in the article twice? Jeez. Um, this obviously still impacts the university of Cincinnati Jameel Reynolds is uh, awaiting a decision on his uh, waiver. And Yost says he believes this will be handled in days, not weeks. And if an injunction is granted, it would prevent the NCAA from forcing players uh, to sit out that are waiting for waivers. We'll talk about that and we'll talk about uh, the, the, the president, the new president of the NCAA, uh, talking about creating a new subdivision for the uh, the haves to separate the haves from the have-nots uh, if you are willing to pay at minimum $30,000 per athlete on scholarship. 
We're at interesting times. We're at a crossroads with the NCAA. Let's take a break. We'll get to all that and more right after this. It's the Mo Agger Show on Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Daily for Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. You know what this does to me. It's my favorite Snoop song. I make money and I really don't love Tell you the truth. Like when this first came out, <clears throat> there's just nobody that had ever sounded like that. Like there's nobody that had that flow, nobody that had that style. It was so smooth when most of hip hop was like rigid to that point. New York hip hop was was angry, kinda. Sue came in all smooth, chill. You're right. It was so good. That's why I had like uh when 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 Kelsey was like, I don't know, ten, she was listening to something and my little brother was like, You can't let her listen to that. She's ten years old. And I was like, Nate, we were listening to NWA when we were ten. Like, calm down. Let's relax. It's music. It's fine. Let's go to the phones real quick. Keegan Nickerson coming up uh, here in a few minutes. Let's get Mike in L.A. Mike, you're buying a quarter horse? He's talking to somebody. He's on another show. Taryn, he's on another show. While on hold with us. Wow. Unbelievable. Is he on LW right now? I don't think so. Oh, they're on break right now. I see Austin. They're on break right now. Okay. Who is he talking to about Montgomery and barbecue sauce? Let's try him one more time. Mike. Hello. Mike, were you just on with another show? Were you cheating on us? No, I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I dozed off while I was waiting or something. I'm sorry. You were talking about Montgomery. Were you were you sleep talking? You were talking about Montgomery and barbecue sauce. We could hear you. Yeah, I was. I was telling my buddy out here that it's. I like to dip my steak fries in Montgomery and barbecue sauce versus any kind of ketchup. Oh yeah, I mean, well, kettle chips, kettle chips, and Montgomery and barbecue sauce are made for each other. They certainly are, and that's been a long time since I had the kettle chips, but mm. dude. Dude out here, he doesn't know nothing about Montgomery, and he he, he don't know nothing about barbecue. He's a dumbass. But anyway, <laughs> I, 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 uh, but hey, I bought a horse. Did you hear about this? That's what, I, that's what I was trying to open with. You bought a quarter horse. Yeah, I bought a quarter horse. They traded this old dude, this old surfer guy down here in uh, in and I traded him four surfboards for my old. I used to shape boards and finish them. You know, make boards from scratch. Sure. Probably one reason I got cancer from sucking down all that all that uh, fiberglass, but uh, but uh, yeah, I traded him four four of my older boards. I really didn't want to part with them. Yeah, and I got a nine year old mare. She's in real good health. I had the vet check her out, and so I hadn't come up with a name. 
And then it hit me about since Meredith comes on their show and Mayor and Meredith, so I just named her Meredith. There you go. <laughs> That's where we are. Does Tony know that yet? I think he said he, you hadn't named her yet when I heard him today. Yeah, I hadn't. And then he asked, I asked him to ask his wife if it was okay to, if she had a problem with me naming my horse after her. And she said, no, as long as you're naming her after me instead of me after her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go there. That could be a horse's ass thing. <laughs> what, so what's hey, up, Mike? TV. How you doing, TB? I'm hanging in there. Honey, now I'm asking TV. Oh, he's busy. He's eating. He's eating uh, yeah. Penn Station right now. He, oh, I thought maybe he had some some kind of tilapia that he was eating, like sushi tilapia or something. I didn't know. Terrence's a daring young fellow. You know that, right? Yeah, very, very, he's very good. Yeah, he's got his very. Lakers hat on today. Uh, uh, well, yeah, he's a Lakers dude for sure, and he's got good taste. Hey. The, the Bengals and the Colts game, I was kind of checking it out. Well, first of all, the Reds made a good good trade. That was an excellent idea. Signing, you know, not a trade. Signing. Signing, yeah. No, it was excellent to do that. So they, because, but you're right about needing a starting guy. But anybody talking about Otani going to Chicago, that ain't happening. No. <laughs> Otani's staying on the West Coast. There's rumors about Toronto. That's not happening. So it's, he's either going to be a Dodger or an Angel. That's what it's going to be. And to tell you the truth, from all the articles and interviews I see with him out here, he'd be totally cool just staying with the Angels. Yeah, but they stink. Yeah, but he doesn't care. I mean, these Japanese guys got a different mentality about loyalty and about their comfort zones and stuff like that. So I, I wouldn't doubt if he stays with the Angels. It wouldn't shock me at all. But the Dodgers, um, of course, I'm hoping he goes to the Dodgers, but we'll see. But I'm looking at this Colts team, Chad. They're not any joke now. No, I, I mean. Yeah. They rank above the Bengals in, team, in all the defensive categories virtually. The Bengals defense stinks. Like, I don't know what has happened. It can't be as simple as they, just, they, they lost their starting safeties, so the whole operation fell apart. I, I have a hard time believing that, but. The Bengals' defense is not any good. Alec Pierce, Alec Pierce might have 170 yards on Sunday. Oh, I love Alec Pierce. I just that's my like one of my top three favorite Bearcats ever. He and Oscar and probably Ron Bonham could be Tom Thacker. Alec Pierce is, and also Alec Pierce is a phenomenal human. That's what I've been told by a lot of people. He's just really squared away and just a humble, good dude. And so you're echoing that, right? Yep. That's cool. So I hope he has. I hope he has a big game. But I just don't know what happened to that defense. But offensively, I don't know what the deal is with this Gordon Minshew. I just don't get it. Do you? Uh <laughs> he, he can look good, and then but he nobody keeps him. I don't understand what's up with that dude. Yeah, I think he's just he's basically a replacement level quarterback. Like he's good enough to be on a team, but he's not good enough to be your every week starter. I mean, eh. He's all right. When but, he comes in, he's to get the job done. I yeah. mean uh but like you say, there's a difference between getting the job done and being your goats being Joe Burrow. Yeah, everybody wants a franchise quarterback. And, and unfortunately for Gardner Minshew, he's not a he's not a franchise quarterback. No, he's not. 
But I tell you, I can't wait for the shootout. Of course, people out here are going, shootout? You know, they don't know. And it's just ignorance. They just don't know about it. But a bunch of them now want to come over to the house and watch it because I've got them intrigued with it. And they said, you think there'll be a fight? I said, no, that was a, that was a, that was an anomaly. That's not typically what happens. You know, they think about that fight, and that's all they want to talk about from 19 years ago. Yeah. But they can't believe that Xavier has dominated UC the way they have at CentOS. So, anyway, I got them interested in Cincinnati sports, so I'm kind of proud of myself, Jim. All right, that'll be good. Uh, Let us know next week on how the uh, watch party goes. i got to hit a break, Mike, but it's good to hear from you. And uh, give Meredith uh, a carrot for me. I sure will, brother. You take care. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, pal. There we go. Let's take a break. Keegan Keegan Nickerson when we come back. Right here on Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Eagles and Colts. Coverage starts Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 1530. The official home of the Bengals. I guarantee you, Keegan, doesn't know this one. And this is 2023. Do you realize we both do the same dance when this comes on? It's just natural. Money taller than the trees in Yosemite. Got my 40 on me, that's my mini me. Damn near anything I want, I can afford it. Listen. Never hustle backwards, always forward. Progression. I can multitask, always on the ground. I can walk at you go at the same time. I ain't on hiatus, I ain't missing an action. I'm the center of attention, the main attraction. Welcome back. People gather around me like an ice cream truck. You hear that, Keegan? Yeah, yeah, I hear it, and I've never heard it. You know who that is? That's E-40. No. It's a legend in hip-hop. Hip-hop Hall of Famer E-40 (laughs) from the Bay Area. Oakland's finest. Kids. No. Kids, Taryn. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, do you know the other guys in that group? One of them, one of them's name is uh, Ice Cube. You know him? Yeah. How about about Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg, yes. I've heard of Snoop Dogg. How about Too Short? No. Oh, boy. I knew that was going to be the... I knew he was going to let us down, Taryn. Knew he was going to let us down. Welcome in from Bearcat Journal. It is. (laughs) Taryn knows the assignment now when Keegan comes on uh, so that we can educate him on hip-hop history. (laughs) Wait till the trip to Kansas. Oh yeah, it's good. you're gonna have you're gonna get an education on the trip to Kansas, Keeks. I'm looking forward to it. Bearcatjournal.com, beat writer extraordinaire, transfer portal expert, uh, you name it. Keegan Nickerson joins us right here on Cincinnati's ESPN fifteen thirty. Keegan, first off, let's uh, let's talk Brendan Sorsby. You had a, ta- a chance to talk to uh, to the newest Cincinnati signal caller last night. You're a you're an IU guy. You're an IU alum, so you are familiar with his game. Fill UC fans in on their new quarterback. I, I think he he's a super motivated kid. Um, he was really underrated coming out of high school. His his other offers, other than Indiana, were Army, Navy, Abilene Christian, Western Carolina. No really huge names. But And you've talked about it. That speaks to his athleticism, that Army and Navy were recruiting him, that 
that he is a runner and he's a tough kid. And, you know, I found this out yesterday. He hit around 535 his senior year as a member of the baseball team. So he's a super athletic kid, and I think he has potential. And now you can't go into this saying he's the prodigal son because he's only played in eight or nine games, and he started six in a row at the end of the season for Indiana. But he's shown potential, and he's shown the ability to throw with accuracy and anticipation. He's shown the ability to be tough and be confident in some really, really um, tough Big Ten games. When you look at Cincinnati's offense last year and the, the issues they had, uh, you know, throwing the ball over the middle, pushing the ball down the sidelines, how does Soresby answer some of the biggest issues, uh, including in the red zone where, Keegan, did you know, in the last three games, Indiana had 10 trips to the red zone. They scored 10 touchdowns. Yeah, what would UC's record be if they did that for three straight games? Right. <laughs> We'd be having a different <laughs> so- conversation right now. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Yeah, uh, I just think a lot of the offense, it it was hindered this year because Emory Jones was kind of a one-read guy. And if it wasn't kind of scripted and if he didn't get his first read, it was immediately going to the legs. And Emory was a really athletic kid. He's a fast kid who was willing to fight for the extra yard. But if you're going to try to compete with these big 12 offenses snap for snap, you have to be able to stretch the ball down the field vertically and have some rhythm in your offense. And that was just something that avoided Cincinnati. Now I think Brennan Sorsby is a guy who he's coming from a situation where his offensive coordinator was fired right around where he got the starting job. So there, there, everything was tumultuous. There were multiple quarterbacks played his freshman year. Multiple quarterbacks played his sophomore year until he went in. Redshirt freshman. So I think if he can – redshirt freshman, yes, redshirt freshman. Um, but if he gets here and he has stability, and I think Cincinnati has shown him that they are willing to commit to him 100% because they went all in. And I think they had contingency plans unless the unexpected happened, but they were all in on Brendan Sorsby. They get – their offensive line back. They, they get their starting running back back. Uh, they're still waiting on a decision from their number one wide receiver. I, I do think there is some some positive feeling around Xavier Henderson and what he might do. Uh, you get your, your All-American defensive tackle. You get your All-American punter. Um, now you have your quarterback. I would say, like, if, if you were to ask me the, the, the best possible scenario we could be two, three weeks from the end of the season, like this would have to be pretty close to it, right? In terms of the entire team or in terms of the offense? Just in general. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, there's going to be some things on defense, and and we knew, like, the defense kind of needed an overhaul. But uh, if I would have said, like, what needs to happen for, for there to be some momentum, I think they hit on most of the notes. Yeah, but I just think you have to bring in some promise at corner. I I think that was by far the worst position group 
And you can't just bring in a guy who you're expecting to be okay. You have to bring in a guy that you think is a stud because this fan base and this team has flourished having those lockdown corners that can basically take away a side of the field. And I'm not saying you have to get Soft Gardner or Kobe Bryant, but a guy who plays with confidence and plays discipline because we saw that was a huge issue this year and is where he's supposed to be at all times. Um, so I think you have to get DBs, corners and safeties, add some, maybe some tackle depth just in case of injury and just to sure up that offensive line and protect your quarterback. But in terms yeah. of offense, maybe another receiver. But other than that, I don't, I don't know if there's anything you have to add. Well, you also need a pass rush. I mean, that, 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 makes your, that yeah. also makes yeah. your corners better uh, when the quarterback can't just stand on his spot uh, with a sundial and, and wait for guys to run <laughs> open. Um, so I, I think that's just as important as getting your secondary fixated. Uh, you, you have to go find some pass rush uh, on the edge as well. Yeah, and Daniel Greshek had a fine year, but there's just something missing. He wasn't disruptive enough. Yeah, you need a speed and a technical guy, and he also has to have some size. And I I think trying to attract those guys out of the portal should be pretty easy because you can say, hey, this is our Aaron Donald and Dante Corleone. He's going to take two linemen every single snap. So you will be able to run free, and if you can beat them one-on-one, you're going to rack up the sack numbers and you're going to trend. And maybe you can end up like a MyJ Sanders who gets picked in the NFL. And then from there, whatever happens, happens. Uh, but pass rushes, it, that is the other biggest position that I neglected to mention. Um, so I would expect Cincinnati to add one or two of those guys out of the portal. Yeah. Uh, Crosstown shootout. I, look, I'm on record. Cincinnati's got to win this game. They've got the better team. Uh, I know that, 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 that place is cursed when it comes to Cincinnati going and getting a win. But this is the year. Xavier is Xavier's not playing well. Uh, they they lack leadership. They've been outplayed by Delaware and Oakland and, and Washington. If you're Wes Miller and this Cincinnati Bearcat group, you got to go in there and walk out with a victory on Saturday night, right? Yeah. I, the interesting thing about this Xavier team is that they're really top-heavy offensively. Desmond Claude and Quincy Oliveri have had good years so far both averaging 16.1 points through nine games, but then the next highest score is 8.3. So if you can play a good defensive game, like I know Wes Miller wants to, and that I know he can, and that his team has shown that they can play, you can really take off one of those options and really hinder Xavier's ability to score the basketball. But you're right. I mean, this is there, there's a point where you have to throw out the record books, and yes, they've lost three straight home games. Two of them were bye games. But it's still a crosstown shootout, and you know that place is going to be crazy. But it's getting into the territory where Cincinnati is 100% expected to win this game based off the trends of how the season has started and based off of what Xavier has done lately. So it's kind of a lose-lose because you go to, you're playing a good Xavier team traditionally who's supposed to be good this year, and you're expected to win on the road in a tough environment. And then if you end up losing, your fans are going to be going crazy saying, well, Still can't beat Xavier, even though Xavier is apparently bad this year. Yeah, can't beat Xavier, who lost at home to Oakland and Delaware. <laughs> can't happen. You got to throw out the record books, Chad. You got to throw out the record books. No. It's a crosstown shootout. You do not throw out the damn record books. The only thing you do, if it's a bad game, you burn the tape. 
Okay. Yeah. But the, the, but we don't. <laughs> we're, this isn't a burn the tape game. This is a win the damn game game. If you're Wes Miller and the Cincinnati yeah. Bearcats. Yeah, I think you have to rely on your guys that have been in this rivalry for so long to to contribute. Odio Guama, Victor Locke, and Dan Skillings, who saw it last John year one time. John Newman, absolutely. Who's having maybe the quietest best season on the team out of anyone. Yeah. Um, so you have to rely on those guys to lead. And then the guys that have come in, you know, Seamus Lukosius, it's uncertain whether he's going to play. But C.J. Frederick, he might want this one as bad as anybody. He's from Cincinnati, grew up watching the game, and now he finally gets an opportunity to play. And I think it would mean a ton to him to be able to contribute to a Cincinnati win. Uh, Keegan, $10 million for the naming rights to the indoor practice center. Uh, do, do you think we should scrape that together? Ooh, I mean, I, I don't think. If you got it like that, Chad, you can go ahead. But I don't know if you got it like that. I was looking at I like the, gonna be Mio's. The, the, the Bearcat Journal cardio deck for $50,000. <laughs> what about a Bearcat Journal handrail for like five hundred dollars? Uh, one mean, of the steps, the handrail. Well, here's the thing: uh, we can get the assistant equipment manager's office for twenty five thousand. That's in the basement. <laughs> oh my gosh! The Bearcat yeah, Journal, assist, like, wouldn't that be the fitting thing? Is we just have like the the yeah. BCJ logo on a door in the basement outside the assistant equipment manager's office? That would make a lot of people happy. It would. <laughs> All right. Walk, they'd walk into that logo. Where can they find yeah. you? Uh, on Twitter, um, at KNickerson42, and then all my work is on Bearcat Journal. And I'm definitely adding Transfer Portal Expert to my bio on Twitter now that you called me up. All right. That's all it takes. As long as somebody calls it, calls you that unprovoked, you can add it. Quotes, and yeah. it's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Yep. Yep. All right. There you go. Keegan Nickerson. We're going to take a break. Hour number two coming up. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. When employers like 700 WLW and tire discounters choose Delta Delta. show continues. Jake the Snake puts it on Jamar Chase. After upsetting the Jaguars in primetime, backup quarterback Jake Browning leads his determined Bengals against the Colts. Jake Browning got the ball over the goal line. And the orange and black choke up another win and keep their postseason hopes alive. Yes, Get the goal live from Dan Horton, Dave Lapham in the jungle. Coverage starts Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Here we go, hour number two, the Mo Egger Show. I'm not Mo Egger. Chad Brendel in for the day. Right here on ESPN 1530. Mo is uh Mo's gonna be on after me. Thank you, as always, for choosing me. Thanks to Keegan Nickerson talking some Bearcats, getting ready for the crosstown shootout Saturday, 6 30. At the Centos Center. Bearcat Journal will be there. I'll be live afterwards. Win or lose. That's how we do it. Hopefully win. 
I really don't want to turn that. Taryn, I don't want to turn that camera on Saturday night and have to talk about a loss. I've done it four years in a row. I'm done. I'm done. You play to win the game, Taryn. The Reds have uh, inked their their biggest free agent signing of this uh, offseason. Jamier or Jaimeer Candelario. I, I've heard it pronounced both ways. I tend to think Jaimeer, right? Like that's that would be the the proper Latin pronunciation. But the official pronunciation from MLB said Jamier Candelario. Three years, $45 million, uh, an option on the 2027 season. He plays first. He plays third. He's a designated hitter. Hit 250 last year, 20 home runs. The big thing I like about him, Taryn, I'm a big doubles guy. And he is he was number six in Major League Baseball in doubles last year, especially in Great American Ballpark. If you can go gap to gap in Great American Ballpark, you're going to get a couple extra home runs during the summer because of the dimensions. But with with this roster, with this lineup, give me a good gap to gap guy. There's speed. You can you can score guys from first. Um, he gets on base three thirty six last year on base percentage. His OPS was up over eight hundred. I think it's a very solid addition for the Reds. It gives you six guys for five spots. Uh, when you count the the four infield positions plus the designated hitter, I think that's a good thing. Where would you put him in the lineup? Uh, he's in the middle of my lineup, probably fifth. I think is probably a good spot, fourth or fifth. I, I wouldn't be opposed to him batting fourth. I, he doesn't quite have traditional power hitter pop uh, as a home run hitter, but those doubles, man. You got the top of this this lineup getting on base. And you got a guy in the middle that can that can just spray the gaps. He hits righties. He hits lefties. Um, I, I think there's a lot to like about this. I, I know, you know, the fan base is up in arms because they they want them to spend money, and then they when they do spend money, it's like spend money, and then they spend money, and they go not like that, or not on that guy, <laughs> right? That not we, that's not how we wanted you to spend it. But the off season hasn't played out yet, and maybe they traded Jonathan India. Maybe they. They make another move that makes things uh, a little bit more clear. But look, this was in talkbacks today. I agreed with it, uh, and I was going to – they, they kind of stole my thunder. I was going to use it today for my take. I'm done seeing Kevin Newman and, and, and Spencer Fairchild. Is that his name? Stuart Fairchild. Stuart Fairchild. Like, g- give me I, – I don't want bottom-of-the-roster guys on the bench. I want – Guys that should be playing. I, I don't want to have to survive. Oh, somebody got hurt, and now it's three weeks with a below replacement level player. And all of a sudden you go from, we feel pretty good about our lineup. You have two injuries, and now everything looks like it's trash, and you can't hit. I want. What did we talk about when they were hot in June, in May and June, uh, and into the beginning of July? It was that there were no breaks in the lineup. And then some injuries happened, and, and and next thing you know, they can't hit. And they couldn't hit lefties. This is a guy that's, that's OPS last year was just under. It's like 793, I think. 
right in that range. It was, it was, was right at the 800 uh, OPS against lefties. I love it. We'll get to that in the 5 o'clock hour. Let, let's get to a phone call, Taryn, because uh, this caller has been on hold for 50 minutes. And I, and I hate when callers are on hold for this long. ESPN 1530, who am I talking to? Hey, Chad, it's Jeff. What's going on? Jeff, what's up, brother? Thank you for holding. Uh, just wrap, uh, I was wrapping up some end-of-day stuff. I was one e- in one ear and out the other, to be honest with All you. Right, I good. had no idea of the passing of time. All so, right. What's up? I think uh, Mike White, given Mike's love of West Coast baseball, I'm thinking Horseshoe Otani might be a good name for that horse, possibly. <laughs> he went with Meredith. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. I, I know, I know. They, they, they filled them in on that. Yeah. So, um, since, I, since I never know the music that Taryn is playing, was Living Color ever on your radar? I mean, I, I enjoyed Living Color. I think that's probably a little too rock for Taryn. I liked okay, it. I saw them warm up. I saw them warm up for the Stones one time. And Cult of Personality. Yeah, uh, I couldn't tell you any of the songs, but they warmed up for the Stones, and they were amazing. Yeah, let, let, next, next break, Taryn. Let's do Cult of Personality. That's a good one. I love me some Cult of Personality. All right, see, Taryn's down with Living Color. Yeah, they 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 weren't as good as the Stones back in their prime, but they they one of the better warm up bands I've ever seen. You know, you know, so. you know, one of the best shows I've ever seen was a warm up act, and it wasn't really a warm up act, but uh, I was working at a different radio station at the time, and I saw a billboard. She she this artist is going to be in town, and I might have to go because it's legitimately one of the best shows I've ever seen. Alanis Morissette. I I I think I may have everyone beat on the warm up band. At, at Riverfront Coliseum, when I was in high school, we went to see um, what was Ozzy's band. Uh, Black Sabbath. We went to see Black Sabbath. Warm-up band comes out. This guy in leopard skin, lycra, pants, no shirt. Dude with his back to the stage playing the guitar so nobody could see what he was doing. Van Halen. There you go. That was pretty good. Right after the first album came out, that was great. Alanis so. Morissette blew me away. Like I was, I like obviously I was. It was the early two thousands. I was familiar with Alanis Morissette. I love Jagged Little Pill, uh, but she was like she put on in terms of like a a show sounding like the record, like it sounded like studio quality. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see her. She's on tour this summer. I just noticed she's coming around here. Yeah, I so. just saw a billboard on my way in. I was like, damn, I might have to go see that again because she was really good live. Yeah, yeah. Question for you on the shootout. Okay. Before the brawl, what was the temperature level on the week leading up to the game? So that was the week that uh, somebody in this building, uh, I think they might have been. I, I, no, actually, I think it's somebody that used to work in this building but was working somewhere else at the time. Uh, asked Sean Kilpatrick if any of the Xavier players would start for Cincinnati, and he said no. Okay. And that was taken as, you know, like the ultimate sign of disrespect that, uh, of course, he's going to like it was it was dumb because that's what a player is going to say. Like, what are they going to say? Oh, no, I think three of the Xavier guys would start for us. Like, 
but like he kind of baited him into it and got the response that he wanted. Um, that that person is still on 1360 working for Fox uh, at times now. One of my favorites, uh, Andy Furman. But but he got Kilpatrick uh, to say something that, that that they didn't want him to say. Those teams did not like each other. So this was before. And I talked to Steve Logan about it this week on uh, on one of my podcasts. Uh, now that the teams have so much that they do in house during the summer because you're allowed to do workouts, you're you know you're you're allowed a lot. It used to be like they were just here taking classes, but you weren't allowed any contact with your coaching staff. So every day they would play pickup ball against each other, and they would play in the Devereaux Summer League, and like there was just a lot of uh, cross pollination and 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 the dislike and and kind of hatred for each other was was at an all time high, um, and that it bubbled over that day. Yeah, I guess that the genesis of my question was in the years before the brawl, was it just another game that was looked at as, hey, this is a great no. thing for the town, or, or was there the the kind of feeling that there is now? Oh, it's way worse than it is now. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like uh, genuinely, like I'm saying, like those guys were around each other all summer, like playing yep. pickup games. Like they did not like each other. Like now, they barely <laughs> know each other. Like especially. The way that this works now, like, you know, UZ's turned over half their roster in four or five straight off seasons. Xavier doesn't, Xavier's got one guy on the team that played in the shootout last year uh, on their right. team. So it's not the same. Like, th there was genuine dislike between the teams way more than there is now. Now it's the fans was, don't like each other. Was it Hugs and Mac in the brawl game? I, I, no, it was I Mick. The rivalry. Oh, okay. Okay. At Mick and Mac? <laughs> I believe it was Mick. Yeah, it was Mick and, and Mac, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I hope you enjoy the game, and I hope you don't come on the radio in a, a very uh, down and sour mood. And uh, I don't think I, – I think I'm off until around Christmas, so I can pop off all I want today, and then I don't have to come in and face the music for a while if it, does, if it goes wrong. Yeah, I'm at <laughs> I meant post game, so hopefully, hopefully you're in a cheerful disposition yeah. post game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't want yeah. to deal with uh, with with another loss. Five in a row yeah. is too many. Glad to hear Kelsey's doing well too, Chad. Just it's, the flu, you said. Yeah, it's just the flu. She's not doing well. She's in a world like the flu is kicking her little rear end right now, but the heart rate is yeah. under control. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that that part is okay. All right, let's get her better. Have a good weekend, and uh, hope you get a win. All right, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. There you go. All right, let's go ahead and get a break. Well, I'll try to keep the clock uh, in order this hour, Taryn. So we're going to take a break now. We got to call Tony to this segment. Yeah, we got to we call Tony and then do Jay Morrison, right? Yes. So we're, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Tony. We'll talk to Jay. Uh, at the end of the hour, Dan Claskins is coming up. So stay with us. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Hi, I'm Austin Elmore. Join Tony Pike and I for Cincy 360 weekdays from 12 to 3 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's Sports Station. Talking. I know you're in here. I know you're dreaming. 
little bit of a change of pace from our normal, but this is like on the on the banger list. This is a banger. Chad Brendel in for Mo Egger. Some might call me a cult of personality. Let's get out to the phones. Tony, your thoughts on uh, Living Color Cult of Personality? Uh, that's not Living Color. That is the uh, theme music to CM Punk, Chad. That is CM Punk's intro music. It's also Living Color, Tone. Oh, well, I know it is CM Punk. It's a, it's a hell of a song. A.K.A. The, AKA the best in the world. <laughs> maybe, maybe the biggest jerk in the world, too, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. So uh, Tony, you are you are at B Dubs. Uh, you are in. Uh, where'd you say you were at Cole today? Cole Rain. How's life on Cole Rain Avenue? Rain. Oh, it's fantastic! Awesome as always. Food and drink specials. We're getting ready to play uh, our first round here in about twenty minutes at Bango Bingo, where we're going to give away an awesome uh, cooler. We have tickets to the Indianapolis Colts game. We're going to be giving away, as well as many other prizes. Uh, it's awesome. And uh, Chad, we have our year-long sweepstakes. Two tickets airfare accommodations to the Kansas City game on uh, New Year's Eve. It is this week and next. That's the last opportunity you have to sign up for that. Uh, you have to come visit us to sign up and, uh, and to be involved. And holiday gift giving, Chad, if you come in and you get a $25 gift card, you're going to get a $5 gift card yourself. So, Tony, did you, did you manage to get these seats uh, in the Travis Kelsey box with Taylor Swift? I haven't worked on that yet. <laughs> I haven't worked on that yet. But, uh, you know... You don't want to put uh, you don't want to put the, the horse before the wagon or the the cart before the horse here. However that saying goes, you know we we take it week by week here. Okay, okay. I appreciate you, Tom. We'll talk to you here in a little bit. All right, Sam. Thanks. There you go. I mean, come on. Like I thought he was friends with Travis Kelsey. He was a quarterback. Travis Kelsey was in that quarterback room in two thousand nine. I thought Tony Pike was friends with like he he can't he can't get our listeners. A spot in the Travis Kelsey suite with Taylor Swift? Come on, Tone. Come on, Tone. All right, we uh, we need to get to some Bengals today. It's it's a Bearcat heavy day, Xavier heavy day, uh, as we're talking crosstown shootout. But but big game coming up on Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals are one game out of the AFC wildcard picture. The team that they trail for that seventh spot is the Indianapolis Colts. And they just so happen to be playing the Indianapolis Colts at Pejo Stadium uh, on Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff. And uh, let's go out to Jay Morrison from the Pro Football Network Jay, it's amazing the difference in conversations a week can make, is it not? It's huge. I mean, everybody talked about the confidence they had in Jake Browning to get the job done, but I think we all know that if they lost that game and they were sitting five and seven this week and and they're looking around the locker room and, you know, nobody's going to out and out quit, but it would – it would have a totally different feel in that locker room. I mean, maybe some guys have one eye on the offseason, and the, the the playoff hopes are pretty much over if they lose that game against Jacksonville. And now we're talking about playoff paths and what has to happen for him to get in and looking at for the next five or against teams that also have backup quarterbacks. It just it changed everything 
the, the way people outside the organization view these last five weeks, but I think it, I think it changed some things inside that locker room as well. Well, and I mean, even though they won't admit it, like if you're sitting at five and seven and, and you have the Pittsburgh game where the offense looked bad, and then if you, mm-hmm. you follow that up a week later and the offense looks bad again and the defense is struggling, the front office has to, like, responsibly has to start thinking, okay, what are we looking at draft-wise? Like, what, what, what draft position are we looking at? What, what, what comes next? How do we get better uh, if this thing goes off the rails? And now all of a sudden, playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> it's it's a it's a wild change. It's a wild swing uh, after what was a wild performance by Jake Browning. The question now becomes, Jay, is it repeatable? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know if we're going to see thirty two out of thirty seven sure. again. You mean you mean completing eighty seven percent is not normal? <laughs> yeah, right. Against a, a good defense, right? I mean, the, don't don't lose that in there. That Jacksonville had a really good defense. So so last week on the pot, we always make predictions, and I picked Jacksonville to win that game. I picked the Bengals to cover, but privately outside, when people were asking me, I was like, "Don't be surprised if they pull this off." It just had that feeling where. Yeah, Jake Browning in the offense didn't look that good against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a totally different animal. It was his first career start, and it just felt like they were going to have some sort of plan where things were going to look better. Having T. Higgins back was, was going to make a big difference. And then, you know, they, they talked about how much they, they wanted to get Chase Brown involved against Pittsburgh, and they couldn't. And it was, there was a commitment that they were going to get him involved. And it just, it just felt like that wild card kind of thing. And, I, I wasn't surprised they won that game, but now it, that doesn't mean that that's what this offense is going to look like moving forward. But I, I still think that, you know, there, there's hope that it, it can look a lot closer to what we saw Monday night than, than what we saw against Pittsburgh, where they only scored 10 points and Jake threw a critical interception that really cost them the game. There's not, I mean, you got Pittsburgh again, you got Cleveland, but these other games, Indy, Minnesota, these next two, I mean, they're good defenses, but it's not the juggernaut where you think that this offense can't put up yards and points. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Colts, I, I mean, I don't know how Gardner Minshew continues to do what he does, but um, defensively, like you said, they're, they're good. They're not great. Um, offensively, I, I do worry a little about you know what they showed deep to uh, Cincinnati Bearcat Alec Pierce. Last week, because mm-hmm. the Bengals look a lot like the Bearcats uh, secondary that we saw uh, over a, over a rough Big Twelve season right now. <laughs> H- how does this defense get back on track? Because Lou Anarumo's too good for this to to continue happening, isn't he? Yeah, he is, and it's it's all part. Of, I mean, you've got so much youth back on that back sure. end, and you, you're just you, you. They can't grow up instantly, but it is happening little steps at a time. Um, I, I thought. Nobody wants to give up six explosives in a game, but I thought it was telling where the, the Jaguars had six passes of 20 yards or more, but none more than 26. Right. They, they weren't 30, 40, 50-yard bombs for touchdowns. They were, yeah, you got a guy wide open, but as soon as he catches the ball, they're getting him to the ground. And so I thought that was a little step forward. I thought the D-line played fantastic against Jacksonville. They were moving Trevor out of the pocket, uh, getting a lot of pressure on him. Um, it, it, that was as good as I think I've seen DJ Hill play in a while. Not that he's been bad, but he really stepped up in that yeah. game. So same kind of thing where if they can get some pressure on Garden, Gardner Minshew and, and I, I just don't think that Indianapolis offense is great. You, you're, they're on a four game winning streak, but you look at they've beaten Tampa Bay and they've beaten 
Carolina and New England. Carolina and New England are two of the worst teams in the league. I, I just I think this is there for them. And the the the, the Colts defense is really good. Their front seven, but their their back end is like the Bengals. They are very young and they are giving up big plays. Uh, rushing the ball, it, it, it looked better. Yeah. It looked effective. Uh, is that repeatable? Is that something that can help continue to take some pressure off Jake Browning? And uh, if that's the Chase Brown th- that we're going to get, I mean, give him the ball. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Necks Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Necks. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Necks Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I we, we knew that he had some wiggle and he had some explosion. I was impressed with how tough he ran between the tackles. Uh, I did not expect that from him. And just that 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 mix, the 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 I don't know if you want to say the cliche thunder and lightning with Mixon and Chase. I think that's a great pairing, and it's going to keep Mixon a little fresher down the stretch. Chase is as fresh as fresh can be. He had two carries before Monday night, and now he had nine in that game. So I do. I think it can look like that. Um, the, this offensive line, um, that they, I don't know what exactly they changed, but that run scheme looked different, and it's, I know it's a different game plan every week, different opponents, but I, I think they found something. I think they can build on that. Um, it, like I said, you, you, you sprinkle in Chase Brown, and they've got to be a little, a little careful because he, he only was on the field for 11 snaps, and they yeah. gave it to him nine times. You can't have that kind of an automatic <laughs> right. tendency where the defense is like, oh, he's in the game, he's getting the ball. But you can sprinkle him in there and, and kind of keep the defense off balance and, and give Joe Mixon a, a blow and, um, I, I do. I, I don't think they're gonna. They're never gonna be a run first team. I don't know if we're gonna see that kind of balance again the rest of the season. But just knowing they have that to lean on when they need it is encouraging. Yeah. Um, you talked about Higgins being back. Uh, it, it, the first quarter, it felt like what? What are we doing? Uh, everything was sideways. There wasn't a lot of north south. And then, you know, did you think that? Did it feel like they maybe used that to set up Jacksonville? Um, early in that game because they they didn't stick with it long. Maybe it was because it wasn't working. Uh, but then they once they got comfortable, it felt like Browning just kind of let it loose a little bit. No, I don't think they were setting up Jacksonville. I think they were easing in Jake Browning okay. and, and getting him comfortable, throwing it at completions. And I talked to AJ McCarron last week, um, you know, about being a backup and coming in and what are some of the keys. And he said it's it's almost like a shooter in basketball. You you need to see the ball go through the net, and then you you start building confidence and. It's the same thing with completions. You need to get a few, and then the the, the, the comfort and the confidence starts building. And I, I think that's exactly what we saw because they kept throwing those wide receiver screens to Chase, and they weren't getting anything. And it's not like they, they, they tried to play off of that where they would fake the screen and then throw deep. I think it was just a matter just to try to settle Jake Browning into the game, and it, it obviously worked. How different was the vibe in the locker room this week? It's, it's different. Um, it's it's they're having more fun. There's more guys in there. They're, they're, you know, they, they, when they're losing, they, they go in the cafeteria or the training room quite a bit, but <laughs> yeah. we're not allowed to go. Uh, they're having fun. It was a, a lot of R and B today. 
And then all of a sudden, uh, Old Town Road by Little Nas comes on, and it was it was B.J. Hill had uh, put it on the machine and then fled the locker room, and he was peeking out of the training room to see what the reaction was. Cause <laughs> few guys were liking it, but a couple most of the locker room was like, "What the heck's going on?" And just when they're having fun like that, well, yesterday was really cool too with Ted Karras talking about his Walter Payton Man of the Year award. He's showing off his cleats, and um, Alex Karras is going to uh, um, Alex Cap. I'm sorry, he's going to wear. The, the, the cleats for Ted's foundation too, and support him. And um, there's just a, a lot of good things happening with this team right now. And it, it, you feel it, you feel the vibe in the locker. You, you think they've, they've got a pretty, pretty solid chance to, to take down the Colts in Paycor Sunday. They got to start winning at home, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're one point underdogs. I think it's, that's what kind of game it's going to be. It's going to be a, a dirty, uh, maybe a little messy, game um, where it looks like an AFC North game. It's going to be close through the entire thing. Probably comes down to a field goal. I picked 1916. Lots of field goals. Uh, I picked 1916 Bengals. I I think that's the kind of game we're in for. Um, And it's you know, you talked about how Monday night changed everything. Well, it flips back the other way. They lose this game. They lose it home to the Colts. And uh, they're not out of it, but it changes the mood big time. This is one they really need to get um, and then, obviously, next week, Minnesota's winnable. And then you could be talking about a three-game winning streak going to Pittsburgh. It's just uh, it's that time of year where we're at, everything hinges on, on each game, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the conversation next week, if they're 6-7 and seven, uh, and they've still got at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, or at Kansas City and then Cleveland to end the season, eh. If they're seven and six, and then you got Minnesota, you can go eight and six, and now you're looking, you know, even if you win one of the last three, you've got a shot for the the playoffs. Uh, and if you win two, then you feel like you're pretty confident you're in. So you're right; it's it's a very fine line, especially without Joe. But I did not expect us when Joe went down to even be having this conversation. So uh, there's at least still a little hope in uh, Whoville. Yeah, yeah, there is for sure. And I'm just happy for Jake Browning to have that kind of game. And he talked yesterday about how he's a little paranoid about being that one-hit wonder. I don't I don't think he is not a guy you have to worry about thinking he's arrived after one game and get complacent. He's, he's going to work as hard as he ever has. And uh, they're, they're going to, they're like he said, after the game Monday night, he's not planning on plateauing anytime soon. That was, that was a starting point, not a high point, uh, that game at Jacksonville. All right, where can they find you, Jay? Yeah, Pro Football Network, uh, everything, no paywall there. Everything is free. If, if, even if you don't want to consume all the Bengals content, we have a lot of betting content. We have a lot of fantasy stuff there. Uh, also on Twitter at by J Morrison. And then the uh, PSN Bengals podcast drops every Tuesday. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Chad. All right. There you go. Jay Morrison, Pro Football Network. Make sure you get it. Some of the best Bengals content in the market. Let's take a break. Dan Claskins coming up uh, here shortly, but uh, we'll, we'll talk a little more Bengals when we come back right here on Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Cincinnati's ESPN. Tonight, that's right, I said tonight, for the Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout Preview Show, broadcasting live from the Skyline Chili at 4th and Sycamore. I'll be joined by Wes Miller, Sean Miller, and hopefully you. Tonight, starting at 6.05 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station.
Rest in peace, Shock G. Alright, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. You see what he does to me? He just gets me like I just I just start listening. Like I'm at the house with the headphones on, not on a 50,000-watt radio station supposed to be working. Chad Brendel in for Mo Egger, as you heard. You can catch Mo tonight on these airwaves. The Crosstown Shootout uh, VIP show, Skyline Chili downtown. Sean Miller, Wes Miller, uh, lots of distinguished guests except for me. Because I have to be here doing this. The sacrifices I make for the team. And then when they do promo stuff, they talk about like like Austin and Mo and Tony are the only people on this radio station. Yeah, I, mean, me, you, I know how you feel. You get it too? We're the outcasts. It's all right. Chad and Tarrant got something to say. That's right. The South got something to say. <laughs> Good stuff with Jay Morrison. It, it it is wild how different the tone is this week, isn't it? Last week or th- they might not win another game. They might not win another game. They're gonna get killed against Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. And we were doing a podcast Monday night. Like I said, we had we had Steve Logan on, and uh you keep looking over, and it's like, what is how, how are they? You kept waiting for Jacksonville to pull away, right? J- Jacksonville kept taking that one touchdown lead, and and they never pulled away. And, and Jake Browning's marching them right down the field for touchdowns. What is happening? And they win in overtime. You never know in the NFL, but that's the key: is to not be a one-hit wonder. Who was the guy for the Jets? White, uh, white, not the white guy. His last name was White. Mike White? Yeah. Is that, that he had the one hit like against the Bengals, remember? Yeah, then did nothing. Rest and then we never heard, you know, and the Jets fans were all like, maybe we found Mike White's our quarterback of the future. Maybe, maybe, maybe we found it. Maybe, maybe we're going to be okay. Mike White's going to lead us back to the promised land. And then you never heard from Mike White again. So let's hope that's not it for Jake Browning. It, it would be really cool to see him close this thing out strong. Taryn, why why is the the like the, the they've got the screen? Austin's got their Tony's got the screen on in here. It's the 2022 Bengals schedule. What are we doing? It's not 2022 anymore. Well, I don't, I don't believe Tony knows how to work technology, so he probably couldn't update it. Oh, you know what it is? It's the uh it's the the background of this computer. So they haven't updated it with the background for the 2023 Bengals schedule. Anyhow, let's take a break. When we come back, Dan Claskins, it's playoff time almost. A lot of you in the final week of your regular season, some of you uh, advancing to the first week of the playoffs, hopefully. Let's uh, let's come back in a minute. We'll talk to Dan and get you ready for uh, week 15? No, uh, 13. 13, I think. Week 14. 14. 
I'm not smart. I can't do math. I went to public school in Northern Kentucky. Come on. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. I just listen to hip-hop. The Huck show continues. Jake the Snake puts it on Jamar Chase. After upsetting the Jaguars in primetime, backup quarterback Jake Browning leads his determined Bengals against the Colts. Jake Browning got the ball over the goal line. And the orange and black chalk up another win and keep their postseason hopes alive. It's good! Get the goal live from Dan Horton, Dave Lapham, and the Jungle. Coverage starts Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 15.30, the official home of the Bengals. Oh, yeah. I get around. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back. Cincinnati's ESPN 15.30. Chad Brendel. Let's get to some uh, fantasy football. As we are joined by my guy, Dan Claskins. I know that's a song Dan jammed out to back in our younger days. Dan, what's up? Oh, you, what's up, bro? You know it. You know it, man. We had all the good jams back then. <laughs> back in the uh, cassette CD days that we lived in. Dude. I had it on my mixtape somewhere. Yeah, I used to do it with uh, Yo! MTV Raps on the, on TV. I would, I would record videos and uh, have VCR wow. tapes with uh, Yo! MTV Raps episodes. Wish I could find one of those. You were always you were always cutting edge. Cutting edge, Dan. Cutting, cutting edge. What the, what the hell happened? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, planning for the playoffs. We're in the final for most. We're in the final week of the regular season. Uh, take me through some of the more difficult schedules, what you have to plan for looking ahead. Yeah, last week with uh, Mo, I broke down the good schedules for one per position. This week, I've identified uh, one per position that's not so good. We'll start a quarterback, and man, how exciting that Miami offense has been. Uh, no doubt about that. But I am going to ask managers to temper their expectations a little bit on two attack below. Weeks 15 through 17, he's got the Jets, the Cowboys at Baltimore. Not the easiest of slates. Meanwhile, Saquon Barkley, a lot of injuries there in New York, including his. He's getting healthy, but that schedule's not, Chad. He's at the Saints, at the Eagles, at the Rams. It's the fourth hardest running back slate you can have during those weeks. Terry McLaurin and really all the receivers in Washington, uh, you better uh, you know, dial down what you expect there as well. At L.A., at the Jets, in that brutal San Francisco matchup in Week 17 when many of the championships are on the line. And Dallas Goddard, good news. He's probably coming back from his injury this week. Bad news. At Seattle, the Giants in Arizona, also one of the top five hardest tight end schedules during these playoff matchups. Uh, let's go to the injury report. Uh, it's week 14, so it's a long one. Let, let, let's roll through it as quick as possible. Yeah, let's start tonight, man. A uh, bunch of injuries to talk about in this game. We'll start with some good news, at least as it appears right now. Najee Harris, who hasn't practiced all week, is dealing with the knee issue there for Pittsburgh. According to Tom Pelissero, he is expected to play tonight. I am going to you know, be a little bit concerned rolling him out, though, is anything more than an RB3 flex play given the injury, the tough matchup, and the fact he's sharing his workload. Uh, Kenny Pickett, we know the story there, the quarterback for the Steelers undergoing surgery this week on his ankle. He's going to be out at least two, maybe four weeks. It's Mitch Trubisky time starting uh, tonight for the Steelers there. And Ramondre Stevenson, Buzzkill City, leaving in just the first quarter last week. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain with the Patriots on the road to nowhere. I'm starting to question whether fantasy managers will get him back at all. Chad, as we turn our attention towards Sunday, here's the situations to monitor. Uh, surprisingly, Trevor Lawrence back at practice today wearing some sort of contraption on his ankle. I mean, the fact that three days after what we saw on Monday night, he's out there is pretty surprising. 
if he can't go C.J. Beathard again. But uh, the reality of it is that matchup versus Cleveland is not good. We know the Jags will be without Christian Kirk, who also got hurt Monday night. He's out for the season with surgery on his core. Uh, Tank Dell, also a brutal season-ending injury for perhaps one of the best rookie wideouts of the class, at least so far, with that lower leg injury, which will, you know, luckily for the Texans, are pretty deep at the position. Derek Henry's in concussion uh, protocol. We're going to have to track that. We know Brian Robinson's dealing with the hamstring injury and Zach Charbonnet with the knee, leaving running back a muddy mess for uh, all that. Then we got Derek Carr. He's in concussion protocol. It's going to be Jameis Winston time if he can't go for the Saints. And a couple receivers. Marquise Brown with a second injury of that heel. And Amari Cooper, concussion protocol. Both a couple guys I'm concerned we'll see it all here in Week 14. Might be eating some W's this week, Dan. Let's get to the weekly studs, duds, and sleepers. Yes, sir. Let's start. And I know this would normally be an obvious stud, but it's not these days. But I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. And he's got that great matchup versus Buffalo. Just 325-plus point days all season for Mahomes. But he's averaging uh, 17.8 points per game over his last five outings, Chad. But the reality of it is the Bills, they haven't been that good either. They're giving up uh, 24.6 points per game, 30 fantasy points per game is what Mahomes averages on them in his career. Also, my stud running back, Zach Moss, hate to go against our Bengals here, but with Jonathan Taylor out, Cincinnati, they've allowed running backs to score five times over the last four games, yielded more than 140 rushing yards in two of those contests. Zach Moss is a top-10 running back this week. Some duds. I'm going against Geno Smith. He surprised me last Thursday night versus Dallas, but I'm betting against it here. Seahawks face the 49ers on Sunday. San Fran's held uh, just 11.1 fantasy points to Week 12 is what Geno Smith had against them. And the last seven signal callers they face, only five of them, or I should say five out of the 17, failed to get to 17 points. Devin Singletary, I'm worried about Damian Pierce and uh, his role in that offense again. Plus, uh, you know, the matchup versus the Jets, not as bad as you think, but he's, he's losing work, so he's, he's falling out of favor. And a couple sleepers this week. I'm going with Odell Beckham Jr. Baltimore is playing the Rams, obviously, his former team, but Beckham scored 11 or more fantasy points at three of his last four outings for the bye. I think he's a solid low-end flex slash wide receiver three. And Gerald Everett, my sleeper tight end this week, that's more about the matchup than anything else. The Broncos have given up more fantasy points to tight ends than any other team in the league, and Outside of Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert doesn't have anybody else to throw the ball to. So, <laughs> one plus one equals two, Chad. Uh, and you forgot to, to say Alec Pierce in there. Oh, yeah, Alec Pierce. What a game it finally was, man. Uh, that said, I still like Josh Downs over in this week. And uh, it will be interesting to see if Pierce can be something down the stretch here for, you know, after looking pretty promising. Yep. Uh, as a rookie, sort of falling out of favor there, uh, even with the quarterback success. Yep. All right. Appreciate it, Dan. We'll talk next week. Thanks, brother. All right. Have a good one, bro. All right. There you go. And now let's go out to B-dubs. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Necks Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Necks. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Necks Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. I'm told this is not Tony Pike. I'm told I am joined now by none other than Sarah Elise. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Chad. No, yeah, this is definitely not Tony Pike. But Tony Pike is right by my side. We're getting ready to play our first game of bingo 
And uh, this place is filling up real quick. There's an awesome happy hour going on. And, uh, yeah, we'll be out here till 6 o'clock tonight. Did, did Tony tell you he's going to try to those tickets to the Kansas City game? He's going to see if he can get you into Travis's box with uh, with with the Queen Taylor Swift, the Time Ooh, Person of the Year. To me, he doesn't have that yeah, kind. Of, that he doesn't have that kind of juice. The pot but, a little bit. Yeah. Well, if that doesn't sweeten the pot a little bit, that you have a pretty good chance <laughs> to see Taylor Swift at that game, then I don't know what. Exactly. Exactly. Well, good luck, and we will talk to you next hour. Thanks, Sarah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. All right. There you go. Let's take a break. When we come back, hour number three. No guests in hour number three. Phone lines are open. Shootout, Reds, Bengals. Uh, we'll talk about it all. More after this. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Taryn? Uh-oh. Taryn is not in his chair, so I can't send it to break. There he is. There he is. Let's go to break, Taryn. Can we go to break? No? We can go to break. Okay, let's go to break. We'll see hour number three coming up, ESPN 1530. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Traffic. From the UC Health Traffic Center, the University of Cincinnati Cancer Center is home to nationally recognized pancreatic cancer experts who develop personalized care plans. Call 513-585-UCCC to schedule an appointment. Layway Bailey Bridge closed due to an accident between West 4th Street and 2nd Avenue. There's a crash on 75 North at Union Center Boulevard. It's got the left two lanes blocked. Your stop and go from Shepherd Lane. Watch for an accident 75 North at Hopple Street. Accident cleared 75 South after Union Center Boulevard. Your stop and go from Tylersville Road. And there's a disabled blocking the right lane, 275 eastbound, west of Route 8. I'm John Crawford with traffic. This report is the Jake Browning Show continues. Jake the Snake puts it on Jamar Chase. After upsetting the Jaguars in primetime, backup quarterback Jake Browning leads his determined Bengals against the Colts. Jake Browning got the ball over the goal line. And the orange and black chalk up another win and keep their postseason hopes alive. The goal live from Dan Hoard and Dave Lapham in the jungle. Coverage starts Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 15:30, the official home of the Bengals. Hour number three. Here we go. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. It's the Mo Egger Show. I am not Mo Egger. I am Chad Brendel. In for the day. Mo will be on in an hour from downtown. The VIP Skyline Chili Crosstown shootout party that I don't ever get to go to because uh, I have to do this show while Mo goes and does that show. The one year you see is favored to win, you you can't go. Well, I mean, they've been favored to win plenty at home. Uh, and actually, I don't know, Taryn. I, I I wouldn't be shocked that the line has X as like a one-point favorite. I think it's going to be right around pick them. I think I personally would probably have UC as like a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um after the the Delaware game, but uh, the the Ken Palm numbers are pretty similar, uh, and, and X is at home, so I wouldn't be shocked if this game has X as a uh, 
a very slight favorite. Uh, the, everything seems to point, all the metrics seem to point to a toss-up. But we'll get to that. Perry's been on the phone for a long time. And I and I wanna I wanna get to shootout. I want to talk a lot of shootout this hour. So we will go to Perry. Perry, let's talk some crosstown shootout. How are you? Yeah, man, it's glad to hear your voice. I enjoy your show. Uh give me a few minutes and I got some good stuff. I've been a Bearcats fan since sixty five. so I've seen the big O. But back in them days, the it wasn't a crosstown shootout. The rivals with Dayton. Do you remember them? Do you are you I was born in seventy seven, so not quite. Oh, you don't you don't know none of that. Well anyway, uh I'm looking at the crowds across down shootout and back in the days each team had a couple good players, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, Xavier and Cincinnati's got maybe one good player, maybe. You think Cincinnati's and, only got one good player? Well, one top of the top of player, but and, the, and the, these kids don't know nothing about the Crosstown Shootout. They've never been in one. Uh, Cincinnati's so, got, I think, five guys that have played in a Crosstown Shootout, and they have a guy that grew up here and was was at the game his entire life. But don't it seem like it ain't no big deal this year? Oh, are we? We're not doing the Paul Doherty as the shootout lost its luster, Perry. No, I mean it's. Oh, all- I, I don't know nothing. I don't. I don't know nothing about Paul Doherty. <laughs> He's but the, the I, joke I, I is really, the joke is every year this week Paul Doherty would write a story about how the shootout has lost its luster. I've never, I never read his stories at all. But <laughs> you didn't miss anything. I, I think it's going to be. I'm hoping it's not going to be a garbage game. I'm going to watch, of course. And at halftime of this garbage game, I'm going to have to turn it off. But let me okay. tell you the story about the Big O. You'll you'll like this. Okay. Uh, I went up to Indianapolis. Me and my wife. They had some kind of classic where UCLA played, the Bearcats played, Purdue and Indiana played, and they were honoring the Big O at, at halftime. So, at you know we. The last game was Purdue and Indiana. Well, me and my wife, she got tired, so we left. So we're coming out 74. We're pulling the rest stop because so, I had to take a, you know, leak. So I go in there, and there's this black gentleman. He's the only one in there. So I go down about five or six urinals, and I'm taking a leak, and I look over, and it was the big O. And I said, I'm taking a lead with the big O. He started laughing, right? So we get done, and we, we come out of the, the restroom, and he talked to me for a good 15 minutes. He, he was really nice, and it, and it blew me away, man. I figured you'd like that story. That's very cool. Very cool. Appreciate yeah, it. Very cool. All right, go Bearcats. All right, thanks, Perry. Appreciate it. Later, brother. I mean, he, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, very cool. I mean, you know, uh, you know what, Taryn? Remember when Oscar used to sit on the floor like he was there all the time at games? He used to sit right on the floor next to the score, next to the announce table. Uh, I used to take a leak next to him all the time at halftime. <laughs> this is halftime, and we'd go to the same bathroom. Okay. ESPN fifteen thirty. Who am I talking to? Hey, kid. Dick and Dayton, what's going on, my friend? How are you doing? I just wanted to tell you. Um, you ever taken a leak uh, next to Oscar Robertson? No, no, no. 
But I just wanted to tell you, last night I felt honored. You're one of the screeners. I got to talk to Tommy Thrall and Sam uh, LaCour last night, and they just, I told them the guys were good. I think they were, they, they said, well, Dick, we, we, we thank you, okay? But I think that was a, a good thing. And, you know, Chad, nobody could believe, but I was so proud of the Bengals Monday night. Oh, yeah. Browning looked so darn good. He did. I mean, it, and I, I mean, nobody could think they would beat Jacksonville. But well, he it, just. The thing was, Dick, it wasn't like Jacksonville played bad. It wasn't like the Bengals, like, yeah. slipped into a, a 17 to 14 win. Like, Jacksonville consistently put pressure on them to play well, and, and he did. He, oh, yeah. It, I think that made their season, you know. And, you know, something tells me, Chad, by, by a Merrill margin, if they play their car, I think they're going to win. I think they'll win Sunday, too. I do. I think they can beat the Colts. Yeah, and if Brownie, I think he's going to have another good day. But that that was really good. Yeah, that I agree. It was it was much needed, Dick, because things did not feel like they were trending well for the uh, the local the local eleven. Uh, yeah, and and I, that that kind of was a a, a a much needed jolt in the right direction. Uh, my. my uh, my little uh, Art Alsmers in Miamisburg, and Debbie gets the biggest kicks. He says, well, he came in here, and he made us happy with this music. And she says, I want to say something. She says, he he calls up uh, 100, and she says, uh, my friend and her old friend, but she was telling me, I want to salute Dick, she said, for playing and being my friend and she said, I know he was rooting for the Bengals, but he adds a lot. But so, uh, so you know, it's it's nice to, you know, we're just playing these Christmas songs. And we played yesterday, and some of these people from since some of these people came down from Cincinnati, you know, just to hear these drummers. And uh, they said they heard me on Chad and, you, you know, you and Aaron and everybody. But uh, I'll tell you, these Christmas songs, Chad, are good, you know. That, that's why that's why radio stations switch, Dick. They they just go, they abandon everything that they know, and they go all Christmas music all the time. Uh, but yes. that's not us. No, no. But <laughs> uh, you know, Chad, I'll have to come sometime down and play for you and Taryn. All righty. Okay. Thank you, Dick. Love it. Love it. Have Bye -bye. a great day. That was a segment for the ages. <laughs> Can we just take a break? Please. Yeah, we can take a break early. If you want to talk Crosstown Shootout, 513-749-1530. The phone lines are open. If you want to talk Reds, you want to talk Bengals. Or Christmas music. Or Christmas music. Or taking a leak next to Oscar. Have you ever... That's our next segment, Taryn. What's the most famous person you've taken a leak next to? 513-749-1530. <laughs> I need a break. We'll be back after this. Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. 
Hey, it's Mo Egger. Join me tonight. That's right, I said tonight for the Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout Preview Show, broadcasting live from the Skyline Chili at 4th and Sycamore. I'll be joined by Wes Miller, Sean Miller, and hopefully you. Tonight, starting at 6.05 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. The best Christmas song. Forget Mariah Carey. Child, please. Christmas and Hollis Queens. Burn Mariah Carey's Christmas song. <laughs> it was December 24th on Hollis Avenue, the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park. I, I mean, this is this is what I, in my brain, when I think Christmas, this is what I think. Welcome back, Chad Brendel, taking you through your Thursday, through your drive home. Let, let's let's talk some shootout. We've we've teased it. We, we've we've talked around it a little bit. Let's talk some some crosstown shootout. Uh, obviously a tough spot for Xavier. They've lost three in a row at home. They're four and five on the season. They've lost two bye games. They they lost to a Washington team that that's not. Not very good. Um, if you're a Xavier fan, you you hang your hat on. You played Purdue close. You played Houston close. And it's valid because those are two of the best teams in the country. I'm not sure about Houston this year, though, Taryn. I still think they're good. They don't have the size that they've had in years past to really kind of physically uh, push people around. One of Kelvin Sampson's things, he always had three, like, six to 11 guys that were just 15 fouls. Like, they just came in, and they beat the crap out of you on the glass. They're still a great rebounding team, uh, but they're more length than they are bulk now. But credit to Xavier. They, they, they got the type of officiating they needed in that game, meaning uh, Houston tries to make make you like they they run that philosophy of like they can't call every foul and that officiating crew was like want to bet challenge accepted and i think there were 10 straight trips uh houston got a foul called 10 straight defensive trips there was a foul called on houston in that game so they were able to keep it close um but i I think the problem with this xavier team is I, i think they're they're at a point where they need Desmond Claude to be something that he's probably a year away from being. And things are shifting a little bit because Quincy Oliveri is, uh, after a slow start, he's be kind of coming, becoming that guy that they're, they're going to throw the ball to when they need a bucket uh, at this point in time. Because I, I just don't think Claude was quite quite there now still a very good scorer uh not a good shooter but a guy that can get to the rim uh he's excellent making things happen with the ball in his hands but i don't know that he was quite ready for you know this is your team go carry it to victory and the more i've thought about this taryn they kind of remind me at times of cincinnati last year 
where it was David DeJulius and Landers Nolly, and both of them had to play well or Cincinnati was in trouble. Not that they play similar to those two guys, but that the the team was very reliant on two specific guys, and then the supporting cast was not where it needed to be yet. You know, you, you look at the, the scoring for Xavier. They're both averaging, Claude and uh, Olivari, both averaging 16.1 points per game. And then nobody else over 10. I think the next closest is eight. Eight and a half. And what that creates is a situation where you don't have a lot of balance. And, and that's exactly what Cincinnati has this year. Cincinnati has the ability. I mean, you know, you could argue Victor Locken has been the best player for this team. You could argue Dan Skillings has been the best player for this team. Uh, they have had, they've played eight games. You want to guess how many players have scored in double figures uh, across those eight games, Taryn? Or seven games, sorry. Played seven games. How many of their 11 rotation players have scored in double figures so far? I'll go seven. Nine. Nine. Now, the schedule hasn't been knocked down, drag out. Uh, that'll take care of itself in January and February and March. But they have a, a, a level of balance that Xavier doesn't have yet. And what that should allow as the two teams face off is Cincinnati being able to avoid extended scoring droughts? Where with Xavier, if you go, you know, a four-minute stretch where you shut down Olivari and, and you shut down Claude, things are going to be tough for them. They don't really have anybody right now that, that can just duck in, post up, put their hand up, get the ball, and get a bucket. And I think the key to this game for Cincinnati is they cannot settle moving the ball around the perimeter. If you look at what Z when Xavier has had trouble defensively, teams have gone right at the rim. Be it ball screen, be it straight line drive, be it off a curl, uh, you know, where you catch and drive. They just have not been able to stop you know, penetration off the bounce, teams looking to attack them off the bounce. And what that has created, I mean, we, we talked earlier against Oakland. Oakland shot 70% from two in that game. Delaware, Tuesday night, attacked the rim and scored at will. And if, you know, that that's the principle of the pack line defense, you know, or the, whatever Sean Miller is trying to accomplish is to keep you from getting to the rim and getting easy baskets. And, and if I'm Cincinnati, yeah, the, the three-point shot is a, a big part of what Wes Miller does. But early and often, I am trying to get Day-Day uh, Day -Day Thomas to get Jizzle James to get Dan Skillings, even uh, if he's playing, we don't know yet, but but Simas Lukosius uh, coming off ball screens with, with Victor Locken or Aziz Bandego. 
and trying to play north south. And then once you put the, the stress on Xavier's defense, then you can start spraying it for open looks from the perimeter. But I don't know that you need against this Xavier defense. I don't know that you need to do that. I don't know that it's necessary. Because they just they have been so bad moving their feet, staying in front. And when they do stay in front, uh, if a guy gets an angle, there's nobody there to erase it. And you have to wonder, you've got six freshmen. I know they're trying to to stick with Claude and, and Davion McKnight and Quincy Oliveri and, and Abu Usman, you know, as much of the veterans guys that they can. But there's only one of them that's played in this game. And the emotions are going to be high. I, look, do I think Xavier's going to keep it close? Yeah, I do. Do I think Xavier will have a chance to win if they if they play well? Yeah. But this is a game Cincinnati should win. Period. They are playing better basketball. And I I just think when you when you look at the two teams compared next side by side next to each other, this is the year. If Cincinnati's going to get done, this is the year. And I know Tony Pike agrees. Hi, Tony. Just win, Chad. Just win. Just win. Just win the damn game. Hey, you can know, you? Someone just won bingo. Can you tell someone Sarah? Bingo. Can you tell Sarah we're trying to do a, a spot here? Right, man. Just off the mic. It's over. Why does she yell into the mic so loud? Right. I don't know what's going on. We just said we just we just gave away our uh, we gave away our second prize of the day. We gave away uh, Bengals tickets to the Indianapolis Colts. We've got great food and drink specials up here. We're going till six o'clock, but you can still come out if you want to see a treat of a Thursday night football game. You got the Patriots and the Steelers. That's a treat. Uh, it's a great place if you're not going to the shootout. B Dubs is an awesome spot to come watch the Crosstown shootout, but. Uh, we go till six. We're in Harrison next week, and uh, outside of that, you got one more opportunity, Chad, to sign up for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs giveaway: two tickets, airfare, and accommodations for the uh, New Year's Eve game on December thirty-first. And you can neither confirm or deny if the seats are going to be in the, the 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 Kelsey box. No comment. I can't confirm on it yet. Okay. All right, Tony. Appreciate it. We'll catch you one more time right, before yeah. we get out of here. Yes, sir. Thank you. There you go, Tony Pike. Does she know she talks that loud into microphones? <laughs> Let's take a break. More after this. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Cincinnati's e- Get the Bengals and Colts. Coverage starts Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 1530. The official home of the Bengals. Could you imagine if I asked Keegan who Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh were? (laughs) 
Did you see the clip of like a few months ago where Dougie Fresh was like beatboxing like two minutes straight? I mean, I've seen him do that before. I don't know if it's, is it like a new one? It was him, it was him, Snoop, and Slick Rick. No, I don't At think Yankee Stadium. That. No, I haven't seen that. I loved Slick Rick when I was a kid. You talk about stuff I probably wasn't supposed to be listening to when I was 10. <laughs> Slick Rick's way up the list. Ch- children, children's story, good one. Adult story, not so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> Do you have an eye patch? Uh, no, not 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 handy. <laughs> oh, we got a little a little bit of time here. Uh, if you want to talk crosstown shootout, we got about twenty minutes left in this uh, kitten caboodle. So uh, you can you can hit me up five one three seven four nine fifteen thirty if you want to talk shootout. I I. I in closing, uh, I think it's a game Cincinnati should win, needs to win. Uh, I think that is uh, it's as best as I can put it. Right now, they have the more complete team. That is not to say Xavier is devoid of talent, that Xavier is bad, although they have had some bad results. Um, and if you're Xavier, I guess you're looking at this and saying, look, it's yeah, things are are bad right now, but we have a chance to jump jumpstart our season by winning the shootout. We have a chance to get back on track, get back to five hundred, and, and try to make the best of December uh, before getting into you know the the heart of Big East play. So there's plenty on the line. Um, I, I do want to talk some Reds. Uh, they have added to their infield depth. Uh, Jamier. Candelario or Jaime Candelario. I'm not sure which one it is. I've looked it up. I have heard both. Three years, $45 million. That has come with the information uh, from Mark Sheldon that it is his understanding that Spencer Steer will move full-time to the outfield. So that leaves you Edwin Encarnacion Strand, Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz, Noel Ve Marte, Candelario, who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing somebody there, Taryn. I guess if you include Steer. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Right? What am I? I feel like I'm missing somebody. De La Cruz, McLean, India, Jonathan India. I knew I was missing somebody. I In my brain, they already traded him, I guess. <laughs> Jonathan India. So you have six guys essentially for first, second, third, short, and designated hitter. I think ultimately when you have the flexibility now that you have, they've talked about India not only playing second, but also playing first. McLean can play second and short. 
De La Cruz can play short, second, and third. Uh, Marte can play third and short. Encarnacion Strand can play first and third. Like, there's enough versatility. There is enough depth that you need to get through a 162-game season or that you reasonably need to get through a 162-game season. I, I, I just... I, it drives me nuts when they get into these positions where because they didn't properly give themselves a little wiggle room, one of your main guys goes down, and next thing you know, you're you're dragging guys up from double A and triple A and asking them to play you know a, a, a unreasonable number of at bats. Guys that are not high-level major league players. One, one of my favorite things, Taryn, I, I've, I've adopted this. I don't hear it enough. I'm going to make it a thing. You need more top-of-the-roster talent. They have spent too much time building a roster with very little top-of-the-roster talent. Are we really going to be upset? Is this fan base really going to be bothered by the fact that the Reds went out and spent money on a guy that fits at the top of your roster, probably fits in the middle of your lineup, four, five, six, somewhere in there. No, we don't want that. I mean, if Steer was still in the infield, you know what they would have, Taryn? They would have six guys for five spots. The exact same as they do right now. And now you can project. You know Steer is a guy that's got pop. You needed pop in one of those corner outfield spots. They didn't have enough of it. Now you slot him there. And you feel pretty good. I mean, if you're looking at a lineup that has five of those six guys in it, plus Steer, Plus Friedel, plus, plus, let's say, Fraley, Jake Fraley. That's nine guys, you know, in your catcher. That's eight guys I feel really good about, and then whatever the situation a catcher is. I like the offense if this is where we're headed. What I don't want to do is go into another season where we, we have to keep watching games where Stuart Fairchild... Kevin Newman, I don't want to pull it up. I don't like calling people out by name, but you know what I'm getting at. I, I don't want to be back in that situation where we're watching these same guys over and over again being asked to do more than they're capable of. Guy goes out for a month. That's your solution for a month? No. No, please, no. Please, God, no. It's the Michael Scott uh, Jeff, no, please, God, no. That, no, I don't want that anymore. I want to have a little bit of major league depth. There's nothing that says you can only have this many major league, like, top of the roster quality players on your team. I mean, there's, you know, you're only allowed to have 28 or 26, 28, whatever it is now. Uh, but they're allowed to all be really good. You don't have to have like 14 very good ones and then 
12 or whatever guys that are, are hanging by a thread for their major league career. They, 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 they do allow you to have good players uh, over the exact number that you need. It's not like, okay, well, we got five spots. Uh, we can only pay five guys that are, that are, you know, major league quality for those five spots. And then we got to go get out of the bottom of the barrel for the other guys. Basically what they did with the bullpen last year coming into the season, even if it worked better than we thought it would. I like it. I like the move. I like that they're being aggressive. I like that they're making it pretty clear that they believe they have a chance to win in 2024. Final chance. Thoughts on the shootout. Thoughts on the Reds. Uh, if not, we'll talk a little Bengals. We'll see how it goes. More after this. One final segment. Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. I'm Capri. Tonight, I said tonight for the Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout Preview Show. Broadcasting live from the Skyline Chili at 4th and Sycamore. I'll be joined by Wes Miller, Sean Miller, and hopefully you. Tonight, starting at 6.05 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. I love when they like they had that little like window where they went really funky. It was so good. You get Nate Dog over a little funk track. Whoa. So good. There would never be another Nate, man. No. Rest in peace. Gone too soon. You know how much money he could make it right now off of just hooks alone? I mean, that's all he ever, like, you know, what, what it, was it Ice Cube or who was it that said, like, it, it, if you put Nate on it, you know you got a hit. Like, that, that ain't a hit till Nate does. Yeah. Like, if you're trying to make a hit, you got to, you got to put something in there for Nate. Although his one album wasn't bad. No. And 213 is one of the most slept on albums of all time. If they make it available on streaming services. I wonder if you could. I used to have the CD. I know I know I don't have that anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's in like a old CD book, like buried somewhere in boxes after like three moves. But I had the CD. Like I wore that thing out. I think it was great. Uh, Bengals, Taryn. Do you think they get they get this win Sunday? I like their chances uh, this Sunday for sure. I mean, the Colts are a surprise, I think, because, you know, you, you draft a young quarterback. He gets hurt pretty quick. You lose. I mean, they, they cut Shaq Leonard. Like, they, a, a Colts Hall of Famer, essentially. They, they bounce him. And it just hasn't felt like that should be a good team. But, but give them credit. They've. They've kind of had like a Steelers vibe under Tomlin to them where they just, you know, they're like a cockroach. They don't die. Like you look at it and you go, oh, you know, they finally hit their downturn. They're they're going to they're going to fade and they just hang out around six and six or seven and seven. You know what I mean? You just never know which mint you going to get. That's the- right. That's the biggest thing. I I just I would feel a lot better if I didn't 
I'm just so down on this defense. I they just can't it felt like whenever they needed, Lou could dial something up. And I I, I still, man, I can't get over the decision to not do what it took to keep Von Bell. I just think it was a critical misstep. Like, look, I know you have principles and you have, like, guidelines, but sometimes you have to look and say, okay, well, this time, this one time, we have to break it. We have to veer and and do something different. And just watching them play, like, it just doesn't look the same. And it, and it worries me. It worries me, Taryn. Because this Colts offense has shown they can be explosive. They're not they're not consistently explosive, but they can be explosive. And against this Bengals team trying to stop a Colts offense that that Minshew is, I mean, he's he's the epitome of boomer bust. Like he's either it feels like he's either gonna have like 112 passing yards or he's going to have 347. No in between. Right. There, there's no... he Garner Minshew doesn't do 245 passing and two touchdowns with one interception. Like, that is way too normal of a day uh, for the way that he plays. So, I want to... I want to believe the Bengals go get this win. But I think it's going to be more difficult than people think. And I wonder, was Monday night enough to to get Paul Brown Stadium, Paycor Stadium, like, like at full volume? That I don't know. Do we got Tone? Oh, I think Taryn's talking to Tony. They're just having a conversation, just shooting the breeze. Just doing what friends do. Taryn told me what we you know, we would go to Tony forty seconds ago. He's still got him on the line. They're just ha- they're just they're just cutting it up, chopping it up, talking about whatever it is that's going on at B dubs. Now you know how Mo feels when I call you. Yeah, we talk a lot when you call me. Tony, one final check in. Hey. How are you, friend? Well, you know, we were talking about Mo Agra said he was going to show up today. He no-showed. Um, and uh, we were just talking about some gambling and how the Bearcats just need to go win on Saturday. Are you picking since – are you gambling on Cincinnati to win? I will not. Why not? I don't, I'm not going to bet on my team. Okay. You have a strict no um, betting on your team rule. Yes. Yes, but what I do have, Chad – is a good bet for you, and that's at any local beat-ups right now. Buy 25 bucks in holiday gift cards, and you get a $5 bonus coupon for every $25 you spend. Look at that segue. When did you become a broadcast professional, Tony? Uh, Sometimes just I kind of just fumble into things sometimes. Okay. I thought thought you were just a a quarterback with a microphone. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Trying to direct traffic. Listen. We're finishing up here, Chad, but okay. every Thursday, happy hour till 6, we give away a cooler, 
We give away Bengals tickets. And next week at Harrison is the last opportunity to sign up for the uh, Kansas City trip, the giveaway, airfare, accommodations, uh, two tickets to the game. So if you couldn't make it out to Colerain today, a week from today we'll be in Harrison at the B-Dubs. Uh, one final chance to get, uh, get signed up for that, uh, that grand prize. Well, thank you, Tone, and you have a uh, you have a wonderful day on Cincy 360 tomorrow. Thank you, Chad. It's been great talking to you all afternoon. You as well, my friend. See you, Tone. There you go. Tony and Sarah done at B-Dubs. Taryn Bland and I. Taryn Bland, former walk-on at Bowling Green. <laughs> Who you got in the shootout, T? I'm going Bearcats. And unlike Tony, I will place a little something on the Bearcats. A little sprinkle, sprinkle, drip, drip. Yeah. I'm off all of next week. I'm back in two Thursdays and then the Thursday after that. So I got the last two Thursdays of the year. I think I'm out for one of those Thursdays. That's crap. Whatever. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Longneck Sports Grill. There are three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Longnecks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Longnecks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Longnecks. This college basketball season, swing by Longnecks Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often.